Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. Hey, uh, tonight um, I want to just uh, share a thought. Over the last few weeks, uh, I've been talking about the, the, uh, p- uh, the power of the here and now. And uh, at this moment in time in your life, at every uh, uh, moment, um, there's powers that you and I can control in our life that would bring about good things. And so uh, the last few times that I've had the chance to come and uh, speak to the church, I've spoken about the power of here and now, that right now we can make choices that will make our life move forward. I know that in life there's some things that we can't control, uh, things like other people. We can't control the actions really of other people. Who's married? You know what I mean, right? Uh, you can't control uh, other people. There's uh, things in life, in life in general. You know, maybe there's health challenges that you, that you can't control. There's many, there's many things that you can't control, but in life there's actually a lot of things that you can control more than what maybe you think. For instance, the power of words. Uh, the Bible says that, that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And so at any moment in time, you can speak words that will make someone better than what they actually are, or you can speak words that will totally debilitate someone and they lose all hope. You have that power. Whoa. <laughs> right? There's the power of attitude. There's the power of actions. The last few times that I've spoken, we talked about the power of purpose and how every day there's moments in your life where you can choose to live a purposeful existence and you, uh, your 10-year self will simply be a whole sum of 10 years of decision-making. And so there's power in making decisions that are purpose-filled decisions. We spoke a few weeks ago about the power of memories and how there's memories that you can make that will uh, uh, make life better. The reason why you like other people than some others is because of memories. Some people you have good memories about, some people you have bad memories about. And so memories shape a lot of who we are and how we behave. Tonight, and uh, you can check out, you can download all those from uh, our podcasts on Tonight I want to talk about the power of the presence of God. The power of the presence of God. I'm not going to talk about how there's power in God's presence. Because there is. You know, when we get with God, sure, God's powerful. In fact, He's all-powerful. God has power. But I'm not going to talk about God's power tonight. I just want to talk about your power when you're in the presence of God. I want to talk about how when we find ourselves aware and awake to His presence, how we become in ourselves more confident, how things in ourselves seem to lift up, how we seem to think better about ourselves and better about other people when we find ourselves in the presence of God. What I want to do today is actually, I'm going to get four, four people to help me today. So I need four people with the Bible. So just, I'm not going to get you up, but you are going to speak in the microphone. Just four people. Just put your hand up if you have a Bible here tonight. Just four people. So we've got one. Come on. Two. Where's three? Three. Need one more. Four. Okay. Number one. I need you to look up. Is this right? We're just going to play it. I just decided this right now. Uh, I need you to look up Genesis 12, 7. Who was number two over here? I need you to look up Genesis 12, 8. Who was number three? I need you to look up Genesis 13, 3 to 4. And uh, my lovely friend over here, uh, Mr. Greg Forster, you're going to look up Genesis 13, verses 18. Cool? So 12, 7, 12, 8, 
12, 3 to 4, 12, 18. Back to the message. So tonight we'll look at the, purpose, uh, the power of the presence of God tonight. In our foundational scripture, we're going to look at uh, Psalms 145, which says this. You can write that verse down. It's 145, verse 18. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him. The Lord is near to all. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. Uh, there's a missionary by the name of Frank Labach, a, a 19th century French missionary. He said this. He asked himself the question, Can I bring the Lord back into my mind flow every few seconds so that God shall always be in my mind? What a great question. He then answered himself, kind of like what my wife does regularly. They didn't think that was funny at all. I thought that was funny. No one else thought it was funny. <laughs> he then answers his, his, his own question when he said, I choose to make the rest of my life an experiment in answering this question. And so tonight what I want to look at really is this question. Can we, if, if, if there's power in the presence of God, can we live a life where God seems to be in our mind flow constantly and consistently? That's what I want to look at uh, tonight and just share a bit of my journey and experience and, and hope that it will uh, help, I guess, uh, elevate you are with your relationship with Jesus. You know, that first and foremost relationship with God is a journey. It's a lifetime. Like how Frank answers his question when he says, I'm going to make this a lifetime journey to find out if I can. A relationship with Jesus is a lifetime. It's a journey, sorry, of a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. It's a long time. It's, it's it just like marriage, I guess. You know, uh, when I got married, I didn't get married and then done. I, I'm married. That's it. Who knows that when I got married, my marriage was now going to come. My relationship with my wife was now going to come. It wasn't I got married, there, done, done that, tick, now to go to the house, tick, get the kids, tick. The marriage doesn't start on the wedding day, yeah? Who's married? Who knows? But there's a continuation of uh, learning about, you know, uh, I'm, I'm learning about, even now there's moments in our life where I'm constantly learning about her, you know, uh, last six months we've just moved city, we've never done that before. And uh, so I learned lots about my wife. Uh, in new situations and circumstances and she learns lots about me as well it's the same with God that a relationship with God isn't I put my hand up to become a Christian that's it now I'm a Christian it's not how it works being a Christian is a journey it's 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 a journey to go on and so uh you know I, I had my first encounter with God March 1st 2001 and that's when I had my first encounter with Jesus and changed my life forever but then uh, for the last 15 years I've had uh, different encounters in in my life where God has done something in me and it's changed how I think of him it's changed my perspective of myself changed my, my perspective of of, of, of uh, the people of my surroundings and so uh, uh, relationship with, with with God is like I said a journey and so tonight I just want to give some practical uh, things that you can add to your life that won't add any more time, that won't add uh, any more burden to maybe what we put on ourselves, but certainly add value to your relationship with God. And I think uh, that we can uh, do what Frank said and potentially live a life where there's a lot more moments in our day where we can be mindful and aware and awake to the presence of God and uh, have His presence in our life. A few years ago... Um, 
my wife and I took our kids on holidays and we were from Mackay. There's a place about an hour and a half north of Mackay called Ellie Beach. And we went there twice a year with the kids. It was a great park for the kids. And uh, we went there in 2014 and uh, on this holiday. And one afternoon, Kat and Abby uh, were asleep. And, but myself and my boy Malachi, we were awake. And so I said to Mally, hey, let's go out to this, uh, let's go out to the waterfalls. There's this place in Ellie Beach called Cedar Creek, uh, Cedar Creek Waterfalls, where there's this beautiful waterfall into this, uh, off this big cliff into this big rock pool. And uh, the reason that uh, myself and Malachi love going there is because the bottom isn't sand, the bottom isn't rock, it's all of these little pebbles and big stones. And one thing that Mally and I love doing is getting these rocks and throwing them. Who doesn't love throwing rocks? And so it's just something that we love doing. We love getting the rocks and just throwing them in the water, getting a handful. Have you ever done that in like a rock pool? Get a handful of rocks, throw it in the air and then hear it. It's a beautiful noise. Anyway, so we're there throwing these rocks and it's, all the noise is echoing off, off, off the cliff faces. And, uh, you know, Malachi's got me picking up these big ones and trying them in these big, big splashes. And he's, he's laughing, I'm laughing. We're, uh, I'm teaching him how to skip stones on the water and he's getting rocks and throwing rocks in. And this is all happening. We were laughing, having lots of fun. And then I just sat down and I was bored. And, uh, but he wasn't. And so I thought, let's get all that energy out, you know. So he kept throwing rocks while I just sat down and just watched and laughed and just encouraged him. Something happened though that really intrigued me. He walked up to this one rock and he picked it up and then dropped it and then walked just a few meters away, picked up a rock the exact same size and threw that in the water. And my OCD kicked in. And I thought, why didn't he throw that rock? Why did he put that rock down? And, and he didn't put it down where he got picked it up from, right? But why didn't he, didn't he throw that? And I was just curious. And so I got up and I walked over to the rock and I picked up the rock and as I picked the rock up I got this tingly sensation on my legs and I dropped the rock just like Malachi had done and I looked down and I realized it was covering an ant's nest and so all these ants are running up my legs and so you know I took a meter back like he did and I rubbed all the ants off and uh, but then I was curious I went back over and I bent over and watched all the ants and I saw the hole they were coming out of I noticed that there was one way in and one way out that was it it wasn't like chaos. It was one way in, one way out. And I'm thinking, man, yeah, what are these guys? Is there like signs under there that we can't see? You know, this way in, this way out. How are they doing this? Some ants were carrying stuff. Some ants weren't. But what I noticed was that they were all just, they seemed to all be on a mission. It seemed like every single ant had a purpose, had a mission. And I was just watching them, just intrigued by these ants, thinking, man, how did they do this? It's fantastic. And so I just took a step back and I sat down just observing these ants and then I became aware of something that I hadn't ever, ever become aware of before. As I sat down, I then became aware of all the life that was happening around me. I could hear all these frogs croaking. I could hear all these birds singing to each other. I could hear all these crickets in, in, in the rainforest. I could, I could hear all the buzzing within the trees and it was so loud and I was so aware of all the life that was happening around me. It was at that moment that I realized, I've been here like so many times. How have I not heard this before? How had I been so deaf to all this life that was happening around me? And I had a, a revelation. The reason why I didn't hear all this life, all this loudness, the reason why I didn't hear it was because I was so self-absorbed in what I was doing, which was throwing rocks and trying to entertain myself, that I didn't hear 
all the life that was around me. And as I kept thinking, contemplating, I had this epiphany. Man, the presence of God is exactly like that. You know, in the presence of God, there's power, there's purpose, there's hope, there's grace. The, the, the presence of God is, is loud, it's, it's noisy, it, it can be accessed. God, but, but there's so many times in my life where I'm just deaf to the presence of God. And I had this epiphany that I become so self-absorbed sometimes that I don't allow myself to hear and access and become aware of the presence of God. Thus, for me personally, I guess, stunting my relationship with Jesus. I'd thought so for so long that a relationship with God was simply a 30-minute Bible read in the day. That's what my relationship with Jesus looked like. One Bible read, 30 minutes a day, that was it. And I thought, man, how many marriages would exist if all we did was just spend 30 minutes a day with the spouse? And that was it, period. Nothing else. Who knows, it wouldn't exist for long. It'd do all right for a little while, but certainly wouldn't go the distance. And it's the same with the relationship with God. I have, for me, I had this revelation that God's presence is more than just coming to a church service. It's more it's more than just making sure that I do my devotions, you know. It's more than that. And so I had this revelation, and then for me, I went on this journey that I just want to share with you tonight. I read a book called Present Perfect by a guy named Gregory Boyd. And it was a book, of, uh, it was a book that studied the life of three 17th, uh, two 17th century uh, Christians and uh, Frank Labak, this 19th century missionary. And so out of this book, I read this book, and it changed how I have my time with Jesus that I want to share with you tonight that hopefully will add some tools uh, to your relationship with Him and maybe add value to, to how you connect with Him and uh, I guess importantly answer the question, constantly have that time with Jesus. Because you know, the only time that matters is right now. The only time that matters is right now. You know, God, even the Bible says that God is the great I am. You know, He wasn't the great I was, and He's not the great I will be. Now let me explain. Yes, God is in the past, yes. And yes, God is in the future and has a great, He's got plans and purpose for us, yes. But let me tell you this, you find God in the present. It's in the present moment of your life, wherever you find yourself. It could be 2 p.m. on Monday. Whatever that present moment is, that's where you find God. And so tonight, I just want to give you a few keys that will help you become aware and awake of his uh, presence. Greg Boyd in the book says that the surest sign that you're awake is that you're aware of your surroundings. The surest sign that you're asleep is you're not. And so tonight, I just want to ask the simple question, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you awake to the presence of God? Or are you not? Are you awake to the presence of God? Or are you not? Tonight I want to give you just eight simple keys, eight simple things that I've done in my life to make myself continuously and consistently more aware of the presence of God. I know that's going to help you too. So if you're taking notes, uh, this is for you. If you're not, and at the end of the sermon you think, man, I should have taken notes, you can download the podcast. That's cool. Number one. Number one, uh, so how, how uh, what things can you do to find yourself in the presence of God and becoming more aware of God 
throughout the day. Number one, strategically placed reminders. Strategically placed reminders. Write that down. Strategically placed reminders. It's things like like notes on your mirror. Uh, my wife loves this. It's something that she does. She puts notes uh, where she might find herself during the day that have scriptures on them or encouraging words wherever she might find the majority of her time she's walking past scriptures she's walking past positive things it's something that cat loves doing strategically placed reminders puts you in a place where you can become aware of god um okay here we go we're going to bring out our our bible scholars i didn't think of this uh greg we're going to need another microphone and you're going to be our runner even though you are number four i'm going to make you also the conductor is that all right Sound good? So number one is over here. And we're going to go look at Genesis 12, verses 7. Can you read Genesis 12, verses 7? Then the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Great. That'll do. Thank you so much. (laughs) So God speaks to Abram, and he says, I'm going to give you this land. This land isn't just for you, it's for your descendants. Abram then goes and builds an altar. Why did he do that? Why didn't he go out and just take the land? Why didn't he start, you know, uh, cutting down trees, getting everything ready? He, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. Why? Strategically placed reminders. Abram does this. God speaks to him and says, hey, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. And so the first thing Abraham does is he builds an altar that every time he sees that altar, he's reminded of the word of God for his life. He builds the altar so that every time, not only him, but every time his wife walks past, they're reminded of the word of God for their life. And so Abram strategically places a reminder in his life so that when he walks past that altar, he's reminded of what God spoke to him about. Who's number two over here? Running shoes on, let's go. Well done, Greg. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he placed his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Yeah, very cool. And so once again, Abram finds himself in a situation. He's in the land that God had promised, and he builds an altar, and it says that he begins to worship God. Once again, Abram simply builds a strategically placed reminder to remind himself that, hey, I can encounter God. In fact, I've encountered God. He encountered God. He begins to worship God. God begins to move in his life. He builds for himself an altar so that once again, every time him and his family walk past it, they're reminded, I have a relationship with God. You know, the power of God is on my life. The the promises of God are in my life. Number three. Uh, chapter 13 verses 3 and 4 from the Negev they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai where they had camped before this was the same place where Abram had built the altar and there he worshipped the Lord again Mm, very cool and so this is what we were just talking about before Abram goes to worship and he builds an altar. That altar, I, I, I didn't say this, that altar represents intimacy. So every time Abram saw this 
altar, it, it reminded him that he, that he has an intimate relationship with God. What happens is Abram goes away for a while, then the family come back, and they come back to the place that represents intimacy. But then Abram is reminded of something else, not only that is God an intimate God, but God is a faithful God, because God's bringing him constantly to a place of promise and fulfillment of purpose. And so this place that was once a place of intimacy, now for Abram becomes a place of faith, that God's word is an outworking word, you know, that I'm confident in the word of God. And so this strategically placed reminder reminds Abram once again that God is for him. And number four, Greg. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Namah, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Yeah. And so Abram's now where he wants to be. And once again, you know, he, the, he just didn't have sticky notes back then. Otherwise, it would have been sticky notes on trees, right? But he builds for himself an altar once again to say, I'm in the promised land. God's calling is on me. Bang, here it is. Well, I, I, you know, God's now helping me to fulfill this. I, I've now got possession of the word of God for my life. And so we even see at the very beginning of the Bible, people using strategically placed reminders to remind themselves of the goodness of God. Let me encourage you, find moments with your family that you can remind yourself of what God's done in your life. Mom and dad, use time in the morning or at night, whatever, to get with the family and not just talk about what happened during the day, Remind your family of the good things that God's done in your life. You know, use, use a dinner time to be a strategically placed time where you can tell the kids the stories of how God's come through for you. Where you can tell, uh, you, you know, your grandkids, grandma and granddad, tell your grandkids uh, about the promises that God has had and that he fulfilled. You know, begin to speak out those things. Find times in your life where you can be reminded of the goodness of God. God. I tell you what, it's in those moments that you become aware of him pretty quickly. When you're reminding yourself of what he's done in the past, like what Abram did. Strategically placed reminders on my phone. Every time I turn it on, it says, Tim, have you changed the world yet? So every time I turn my phone on, I'm reminding myself that I'm not about myself. I'm about other people. You know, on your technology, put things on there that are going to remind you, you know, maybe you're wearing jewelry or something and it means something. Find things in your life that can add value, that remind you of the presence of God. Number two, is that good? Is that helpful for someone? Number two, contact meditation. Contact meditation. Now, this has changed my life drastically. After reading this book, this is one of the things that uh, Frank Labach does. In fact, he invented this whole idea of contact meditation. And contact meditation is this. Um, it's documented that this missionary uh, suffered with uh, 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 loneliness, depression, and anxiety. He'd fit perfectly in our day and age, right? This is what he suffered with. And so he thought to himself, uh, he, he read this scripture in Hebrews, which says, the sun radiates God's, the sun being Jesus, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of, uh, the, the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. He read this scripture and he thought to himself, well, if everything is sustained in God, I'm not sustained in my life. I've got to get with God so that I can feel sustained. Okay, that was his premise. If everything is sustained in God and I'm not sustained in myself, then I need more of God. And so he came up with this idea, contact meditation, to make sure that there's more moments in his day 
where he's becoming awake and aware of the presence of God that will help him cause less of him, uh, that, that will help him cause to think less of him, uh, to think less of himself and more of the presence of God. Contact meditation is this. Because of the beautiful thing called gravity, our bodies are always touching something. Okay? Right now, your feet and your bums are touching something. The soles of my feet are touching something. When you go to bed, you know, however you lie down, your body's gonna touch something. And so his idea was that, er, that his body is constantly touching something. And so he just made a few uh, rules in his life. Uh, rules probably not the right word to use, but uh, a few thoughts that whenever he's touching something, remind yourself about something of God. So for instance, he did this. Whenever he walked, I'm stomping for effect so you can hear my feet. <laughs> whenever he walked, he would remind himself that the word of God is the light to his path, is the lamp, light to his feet, lamp to his path. Is that right? Light, I always get light and lamp mixed up. Right? So whenever he walks, he just reminds himself, ah, okay, I'm walking in the purposes of God. And he would just pray a simple prayer. Lord, just as I do whatever I do today, I'm going to do it for you. You know, guide me. Guide my feet. Whenever he sat down, whenever he sat down, he would remind himself that the chair is supporting his weight. This is like the chair that you're sitting on right now is supporting your weight. Every time he sat down, this is something that, that I do. Every time he sat down, he reminded himself that God is his support. This is something that I've done in my life. Every time I get to the office or whatever, in the, every time that I do in the office at, at, at home, I do it pretty regularly. Whenever I sit down, I just, in my brain, just remind myself, Lord, you're my support. Every morning in the office, I sit down and I just pray. Lord, whatever I do today, whatever project I'm, I'm, I'm working on, you're my support. Amen. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm just, every, I'm using the chair as a reminder that as soon as I make contact with it, I'm reminded of the presence of God. Lord, just be with me today. Lord, you're my support. I'm not supporting myself. No, you're my support. Whenever Frank went to sleep, he reminded himself as his body touched the mattress, he reminded himself that that, that, that rest is in God. That rest is in God. You know, tonight when you go to bed, be reminded. When you go to bed, jump in bed, be reminded. Rest is in God. Every time you go to sleep, rest is in God. You then become aware of His presence. It's that simple. It's not hard. You know, I'm not. it's not adding anything to your life. It's not like, oh, I've got to go and sit down for a few hours now, you know, and remind myself of Jesus. No, just whenever you sit down, remind yourself that God's your support. Whenever you, whenever you find yourself in bed, remind yourself that He is your rest. Amen? Cool. Number three, um, imaginative prayer. Imaginative prayer. Of any fancy pants people, it's called cataphatic prayer. And uh, this is a fun one. Um, all, all this is, imaginative prayer, is um, simply locking yourself in a space and doing nothing. Who loves that one? <laughs> Most men. Right? <laughs> it's called Xbox. Uh, now, this is a good one. Imaginative prayer. It, what it is, is it's you take yourself out of the busyness of your schedule for five, ten minutes, you know, put yourself in a place where it's just you and your thoughts, and then you just begin thinking about God. That's it. And you just find yourself in a place of prayer. That's imaginative prayer. Getting yourself away locking yourself away and just finding yourself in the presence of God. Number four, number four, Matthew 6, 31 to 33 says this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything that you need. Number four is this. Just remember and breathe. That's it. Remember and breathe. I tell you what, you want to find yourself in the presence of God? Just stop sometimes. Just stop and remind yourself. I don't have to worry. If you ever feel anxious about anything, just stop and remember. Remember that you don't have to worry. Worry doesn't change anything. You know, Uh, don't worry. Just remember that God is for you. Take a breath and then keep going. That's it. You know, I do this. You know, whenever I find myself in a stressed situation, it's stop. Remember, hang on, I don't need to worry because I don't need to because God's for me. You know, he's not against me. Uh, certainly not against me. He's for me. I know that, you know, I'm called. Whew. Okay, done. I'm in, right? Remember and breathe. i tell you what, you're going to find yourself in the presence of God just by doing that. Number five, I'm not going to spend time on this one. Dedicate your work to the Lord. I'll tell you what, you want a better working environment because I loved what um, Pastor Mark talked about today was it pastor mark you talked about work didn't you you did yes it was a great message and uh, you, you you want a better work environment don't change other people just change yourself okay don't change other people i love what that's what pastor martin said this morning don't change others just change yourself okay and and, and i'll tell you how you change yourself when you go to work don't be like oh man they're stinking people i can't stand going to work with them you know they're horrible i hate my job of course, yes, those people are going to stink and you are going to hate your job. You're right. But if you wake up and think to yourself, you know what, I can do something great today. I can encourage that person because I know that they suffer with some kind of illness. I can do this with this person. I can be happy. You know, uh, I, I, I can have a conversation with someone and, and get deep and you know, all that kind of stuff. If you go to work with a purpose and a plan, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a purpose-filled workplace. Okay, or because you change yourself. And so, you know, dedicate your work to God. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be pretty aware of God when you're going to work and you've got a word for someone. Yeah? <laughs> Number six, do one act of kindness each day. Do one act of kindness each day. Every day, find something or someone that you can be kind to. I remember one afternoon, Kat, or one morning, Kat came home. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Kat came home and um, she told me she had uh, went to the supermarket, drove home and picked up this uh, young lady that had groceries or whatever and a kid. And uh, so Kat stopped by, helped her, chucked her in the car, took her home. Is that what, is that what you did? Chucked her in the car? Yeah, oh, she was pregnant. There you go. Took her home, helped her unpack her groceries, got her phone number and then started a relationship with the girl in, in terms of, you know, calling her up, going to visit and, and, and meeting the family. What? guys are naughty stop it <laughs> you know who knows that cat got inroads with this chick you know does she ever come to church she came to play group a few times you know all because of an act of kindness all because of an act of kindness who knows that you're gonna be pretty aware of god when you're doing that <laughs> lord i want to do this it's a little bit awkward help me <laughs> you become aware of god pretty quickly when you're doing acts of kindness find yourself doing them Find you every day. Do something nice for somebody else. You know what? You're pretty, you'll feel pretty good about yourself too. And uh, that's always a good thing. Number seven. This is the last one tonight. And I've just called it step out. 
or introduce Jesus, something like that. Introduce Jesus is a good one. Let's, let's go at that point. Introduce Jesus. <laughs> if you want to be closer to God, talk about him to other people. Far out. Talk about him to other people. You know, <laughs> there's nothing... There's nothing that I've done that's more scary in my life than doing that. I remember when I was a, uh, a brand new Christian, and uh, I was just so excited about what God had done in my life. I just wanted to share it with everybody. And uh, uh, Pastor Mark this morning told us his story about him getting punched in the head. That sucked. I didn't get punched, Pastor Mark, but maybe I didn't go as hard as, 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 as what you did. But nonetheless, I remember sharing Jesus for the first time to someone, not in a church service, not because I was preaching, not because I was in any kind of spiritual environment. I was actually at my job and uh, someone walked past our work and I just thought, I'm going to go and talk to Jesus to this person. And I went outside, talked to Jesus, led them to Jesus. Who knows? I was pretty close to God right then and there. <laughs> you know, I'm talking and all I'm thinking is, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I'm going to get punched like Pastor Mark. Right? <laughs> Not really because I didn't know Pastor Mark back then, but... <laughs> Who knows that when you introduce, when you're going to go and witness to someone, you're praying. You're getting pretty connected to God. I tell you what, if you want your relationship with God to explode, man, go that next step. Find yourself in situations where you can introduce Jesus to people. Man, your relationship is going to skyrocket. Because it simply causes you to be awake to His presence. Man, I've never felt so alive when I led this guy to Jesus. My first one, one-on-one. I was like buzzing. I was like, come on, bring on the next one. I was waiting for someone to walk past, you know. And, uh, you know, you feel so alive. Once again, yes, the, there's power in God's presence. But I tell you what, when you're aware of His presence and just simply become aware and awake to it, there's something that happens inside of us. And we become more confident. We're thinking less of ourselves. We're thinking more for other people. And there seems to be this power that just runs through us when we become aware of God. That's it. That's it. That's, that's all I got. My sermon notes finished just there. So, <laughs> let me tell you this. Find yourself in moments. I've done this in my life. I read this book. It messed with me. It changed my life. My walk with God went from being a 30-minute Bible read to a, there's so many moments in the day where I'm just aware of His presence. And it's not that he's talking to me all the time, but certainly I'm aware if he was. Certainly I can hear the noise now. Certainly I can see all the life happening around me. Just like where I was deaf to all the life that was happening around me at the waterfall. The more that I become aware of the presence of God, I become more aware of the life, of the noise of life that's happening around me. And it's in those moments of awareness that God might do something through my life. It's in those moments where, just for my personal walk with Him, God, you know, I, I might have a revelation of, of who He is, or, you know, I've thought better than what I would think of and, and get wisdom for my life. Tell you what, you want better marriage, you want to be better with money, you want a better business, find yourself being aware of God. In Him is all wisdom. You want, to be, you want to think better than you? Get with God. He thinks better than you. Thinks better than me. Find yourself a moment where you can be aware of His presence. It's simple. It doesn't add anything to your life. That's what I love about the principles that these guys discovered. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't add any burden. 
to what I'm doing. It just adds value. Find yourself a moment. Put strategically placed reminders in your life. Lock yourself in a room for five minutes and just think. Do an act of kindness. Introduce Jesus to people. And I tell you what, you're going to find yourself in His presence more constantly and consistently. And your life is going to change. Amen. guys are engaged now aren't you that's exciting <laughs> it's georgia isn't it yeah georgia you know these guys are in- stand up these guys are engaged Woo-hoo! it's exciting yeah Woo! good job how'd you do it a pizza picnic a picnic at the beach a picnic at the beach, okay. I was going to come down there and rough you up, but... Oh, that's all right. Yeah, come on. Is that why you said yes, or do you like him? <laughs> so good. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? Cool. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that we get to find ourselves in your presence. Lord, you're not... a out there God you're not you're not somewhere else you didn't create and then leave but but Lord you everything is sustained in you creation exists because of you and it exists in you and Lord even right now we're just aware of your presence Lord all the noise that's around us Lord we become aware of who you are Lord, tomorrow as we go about our day, remind us to not be so self-absorbed that we miss and we're asleep to your presence. Remind us of some of these things that will just cause us to be aware, cause us to be awake to who you are. Lord, we want more of you in our lives. Speak to us, Lord. Each moment that we find ourselves aware of you, inspire us. In Jesus' name. God, I speak over every single person here. I thank you that this week is going to be a week of transformation. God, it's going to be, be a week of purpose, Lord, filled, Lord, uh, uh, living. I thank you that, Lord, we're going to uh, have opportunities to speak with people, to introduce Jesus in certain circumstances. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have called us for something bigger and greater. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Uh, We'll sing a song.